Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. I promised you all the other day that following every Kentucky game, I would settle in and record a resume episode discussing Kentucky's resume and then comparing it to teams that are on the one line, the two line, and maybe some of those three seed projections as well, and kind of just give you a rundown of some resumes, those teams that Kentucky is, is battling with for position in the NCAA tournament. I think that's something that is probably important to most of our listeners and maybe explain the net a little more because there are some interesting scenarios and things that could play out over the next two to three weeks that could change Kentucky's resume for the better. And then it could actually weaken the resume uh, just a little bit. But let's go off of uh, Joe Lenardi's projections. I always use Lenardi because he's accurate when it comes to projecting where a team is seated. When it comes to matchups in the NCAA tournament, not as much. But I do go off Lenardi if he has projected one seeds, twos, threes, and fours. Uh, just a reminder here, though, you will get the top 16 bracket revealed by the committee on CBS prior to Kentucky's game versus Alabama on Saturday. So there won't be any of this Kentucky's projected a one seed, projected a two seed. We will know as it stands on Saturday afternoon going into that Alabama game where Kentucky actually is if the NCAA tournament started on Saturday. So uh, that'll be something to follow. I'll have an episode and everything kind of ready for that. We'll, we'll talk about after the game. I'll, I'll get Derek and and everything, and we'll uh, break down exactly what the committee's top 16 teams are and then those teams that are right there close uh, to breaking in that top 16. So let's go over what happens with Kentucky. They obviously had the loss at Tennessee Tuesday night. And going into that matchup, Lenardi had them as the final number one seed. He bumped them down to the sixth overall seed, which was the second two seed on Wednesday morning. Now, Kentucky back up to number five overall in tournament projections. So the top two seed, according to Joe Lenardi of ESPN. Uh, so the teams on Lenardi's one line, Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona, Kansas, in that order. And the teams on the two line are Kentucky, Purdue, Duke, and Texas Tech. Texas Tech picked up a big win versus Baylor last night in the Big 12. That's two teams that were kind of, uh, you know, going back and forth for position there with the two seed, with the three seed. Big win for Texas Tech. The three seeds are as follows, Baylor, Villanova, Providence, and Tennessee. Tennessee was on the four line. They jumped three spots in Lenardi's projections this week up to uh, the final number three seed. That's a Tennessee team with opportunities versus Arkansas. They have two of them, Auburn, and then the SEC tournament. You could see Tennessee, I think, play its way into a two seed with a close finish, but I, I think they're going to settle somewhere around a three uh, to a four when this all shakes out over the next three weeks. Four seeds, 13 overall number seed is Illinois, UCLA 14, Wisconsin 15, and Texas 16. So those are the top 16 seeds as Lenardi sees it right now on Thursday. Where will they be on Saturday in that committee reveal? Uh, remains to be seen. But then his next four teams out, so these would be five seeds in projections, would be Houston, Michigan State, Ohio State, and that Alabama team coming to Rupp Arena on Saturday afternoon for a, a big game for the Crimson Tide and a big one for Kentucky, too, to get another quad one victory. Alabama did beat Missouri at home last night after uh, Nate Oates was ejected. Or not Missouri, sorry, excuse me, Mississippi State at home last night. Uh, they actually lost at Missouri earlier in the year. So a uh, big win for the Crimson Tide. And I'm glad that they got that win because it makes Kentucky's game versus them, you know, even bigger and it, it looks better if Kentucky can sweep them in the season series on Saturday afternoon. That kept Alabama above 500 
in league play. So uh, would have dropped them below 500 had they lost it. And then those two quad one victories probably don't look as good if you have a team that is below 500 in your league. Uh, but it keeps some uh, positive juices flowing and everything going into Saturday's big game at Rupp Arena. I don't expect a rock fight Saturday like we saw a couple weeks ago. I think it'll be a very well-played game with a lot of energy. Uh, Alabama, they're going to give Kentucky their best shot because they're trying to build their resume. Kentucky, will they be without Ty Ty? Will they be, be at 100%? I have no idea right now. I know we'll uh, have media session on Friday morning. We'll, we'll get some answers then, hopefully. Uh, but remains to be seen what happens. But we know that Kentucky needs to win basketball games the next couple of weeks, keep itself in position to at least get on that two line and stay there or possibly climb to a one C. But I'm going to go through and talk about the net and the Ken Palm and all that stuff. But I'm going to start with Kentucky's resume. So the loss to Tennessee did absolutely nothing to Kentucky's resume to harm it. Number three in Ken Palm, sixth in offensive efficiency, 12th in adjusted defensive efficiency, when it comes to the net, Kentucky was number three at 9 p.m. Tuesday night. They're number three on Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. So nothing changed to their resume. Going to dive in here and talk about Kentucky's resume overall. Uh, they currently have five wins versus quad one competition and five losses versus quad one competition. Five and one versus quadrant one, four and oh in quad two, four and oh in quad three, and eight and oh in quad four. My biggest takeaway there. No bad losses. I've been saying this for a few weeks. If you avoid a loss at home to Ole Miss, you have you will enter the SEC tournament with no bad losses because Notre Dame is number 58 in the net, which is going to keep them in quad one category. It'd have to be in the top 75 of the net for that to remain a quad one as a road loss, and that is going to happen. LSU, 16th in the net. That's staying a quad one. Auburn, seven in the net quad one, Tennessee, ninth in the net, quad one, and then Duke at 12 in the net. We'll keep them as a quad one. So only five quad one victories, but all five losses are against quad one. And if Kentucky can close strong here with quad one games against Alabama and LSU at Rupp Arena at Arkansas, and then Florida at Rupp Arena, that's four quad one games that Kentucky can add to its resume over the next few weeks and uh, approach double-digit quad one victories uh, if they can get them all. And then you have a good chance to get probably one or two in the SEC tournament. So this could be a team, when you look up in a few weeks, do they have nine, ten quad one victories and no bad losses that has the resume of a one seed, but it, it's going to be hard. Like, it, it'll be hard with five losses now to, to get to that sixth loss. If, if they lose one at Arkansas or at Florida or somewhere, then I think Kentucky's going to settle in on the two. If they finish the regular season strong, win a couple of games in the SEC tournament, then I do think a one seed is for for certain in play. I, I think that they'll have a resume of a one seed for sure. But there's a couple of things that I'm paying attention to here with Kentucky's resume. That North Carolina game that they won in December out in Vegas, North Carolina now 45th in the net. If that falls and drops to 51-52, it will be a quad two victory on a neutral floor. It has to stay in the top 50 of the net for it to be a quad one victory. North Carolina struggling right now. Obviously, they're one of Lenardi's last four teams in the NCAA tournament projections. The ACC is not very good this season. Kentucky would need Kentucky needs that game to remain a quad one. Where that one is in danger of kind of falling out, Texas A&M is 70th in the net. That needs to stay in the top 75 for that to stay a quad one victory for Kentucky. Texas A&M has been a team that 
They're they're one and seven in quad one games. I know that they were undefeated in the league when Kentucky played them, and then Kentucky beat them, and they go on this huge losing streak that saw that net go from about 50th all the way down to at one point 73. They're back up to 70th after a win. Uh, does that stay there or does that drop? That that's one to watch over the next couple of weeks. That Kentucky probably need to be pulling for Texas A&M to continue winning some games, have some success because you need that to stay a quad one win uh, just to keep that resume stronger. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And then there's another one I'm paying attention to here. That January 11th win at Vandy. I know I talked a lot about that at the time when it comes to quad one, quad two. It's a quad two right now, but Vandy is 77th in the net. If that climbs to 75 and up, Kentucky picks up another quad one victory. So where they're in danger of losing North Carolina, Texas A&M, they're all within five spots of falling from quad one to quad two. Vandy's just a couple of spots away from it being a quad one. So you'd love to see Texas A&M, North Carolina remain quad ones. Vandy beat a team or two the next couple of weeks and then maybe do something, maybe win a game in the SEC tournament, and then that climbs into a quad one win, and then you just, you're sitting there and you go, okay, we won a quad one game on January 11th, and we add that to our resume. Uh, when you're talking about Vandy, though, and Texas A&M, they actually play one another on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so uh, that's, a, that's a big game if you're looking at Kentucky's resume. They, d- does Kentucky have two quad one victories? Out of those two at the end of the night, do they just have one or do they have none? I I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see how the net shakes out over the next couple of weeks. But let's let's talk about this and kind of dive into some of these teams that Kentucky is competing with when it comes to a one seed. I think you have two one seeds already locked up. I think you have Gonzaga locked in as a one, and I think you have Auburn locked in as a one, you know, unless they lose two or three in a row or something crazy happens the next few weeks. I think Auburn is safely in as a one seed as well. Arizona, if they win the Pac-12, probably going to have a really good shot at getting a one. And I'm going to dive into their resume here. Uh, let me go back out to the main page here so I can pull it up. I've got a couple of uh, tabs open. Give me just a second here. So Arizona right now currently number two in the net. Uh, they're a team like Kentucky. No bad losses. They have five quad one wins, two quad one losses, five and zero versus quad two, five and zero versus quad three, seven and zero versus quad four. Uh, those quad one wins, they have a win against Michigan. They have a win against at Illinois. Uh, they do have a loss at Tennessee. That's where I was coming from the other day. If Kentucky could have won that game at Tennessee, I think that it would have kind of been the the difference 
thing that the, the difference in when it comes to a one or a two between those two teams, if they're head to head for a final number one, similar to how Kentucky has the edge over Kansas, if they're going as the last number one seed or that first number two seed, depending on you know what happens with Kentucky's resume and if, if they win the rest of the way, they do have that head to head versus the Jayhawks. But uh, no head-to-head versus Arizona, but I thought it would have been big if they could have beat Tennessee and Thompson Bowling, a place where Arizona did lose. Uh, they also have a quad one win at UCLA – or, sorry, a quad one loss at UCLA, but they have a quad one win at home versus UCLA and USC, and then they just won a quad one game uh, last week at Washington State. But here's the thing for Arizona. They have one more quad one game the rest of the way, and that's at USC. So that's a team that – probably finishes with maybe six quad one victories. Does Kentucky get in, into that territory and get eight, nine to ten quad one victories? That's where playing in the SEC this season can help you if you're kind of going back and forth with the team there uh, when it comes to resume. Arizona is 22 and two overall. Not going in the season with very many losses. So uh, we'll see exactly what happens with, uh, with the Wildcats the next couple of weeks. But let's move on to another team here in Lenardi's projections. He has Kansas as the last number one seed. Uh, let me pull up their resume here. Kansas is actually eighth in the net. We know that Kentucky has that win against Kansas. Kansas is well on their way to winning the Big 12. They have a two-game lead uh, right now. They are eight and three in quad one games, six and one in quad two, four and oh in quad three, and three and oh in quad four. Number six in Ken Palm number eight in the net, number 10 in BPI. Their average net opponent, average net is 74, average net win 84. So a very solid resume for Kansas. I think if Kansas wins the Big 12, let's see what they have here. They have some tough games. They still go to West Virginia on Saturday. They go to Baylor the Saturday after that. They have uh, back-to-back games versus TCU in the same week on March 1st and then on March 3rd. And then they host Texas, a team that they lost to uh, last week on the road. So there's four quad one games left for Kansas before the Big 12 tournament. So that's another team that that could sneak in. And if they have some success here down the stretch, they're, they're going to have a solid resume. Kentucky will have the head-to-head. So if it comes down to Kentucky-Kansas and those record, records are similar, resumes are similar, but Kentucky has the head-to-head, Kentucky will have the advantage there. And that's why that win at Allen Fieldhouse was uh, was huge a couple of weeks ago. Now, moving down to the two-line, you have Purdue at uh, number six as the projection for Joe Lenardi. Let me back out here and get to their resume. So, Purdue is number 10 in the net, and they currently own a 23-4 and record, 10th in the net, 12th in Ken Palm, 8th in BPI, average – Opponent net is 104, average net win 115, average net loss 44, and that's a number two. I think Kentucky's average net loss is actually 20. If that's where I'm coming from, they have no bad losses. Purdue, another team with no bad losses, 8-4 and four in quadrant one, 4-0 in quad two, 4-0 in quad three, 7-0 in quad four. Uh, let me pull up the Big Ten standings. I've not looked at everything when it comes to conference champions and regular season champions and things like that. Let me pull up the Big Ten. So, looks like, uh, okay, Purdue 12-4, and Wisconsin 11-4, Illinois 11-4. So, a lot going on there at the top of the Big Ten. It's not clear who's going to win the Big Ten at this point, like there are some other conferences. I know Kansas has a two-game lead in the Big 12. Obviously, Auburn 
has a two-game lead in the SEC. So, uh, And then it looks like Arizona is going to win the Pac-12 as it stands today. So a uh, Purdue team there fighting for a one seed as well. If, if they win the Big Ten, they'll have a good shot at it. If not, they're probably going to settle somewhere in the two, maybe even three, depending on what happens the rest of the way. But they have two quad one games remaining at Michigan State and at Wisconsin. And then they have two quad twos, Rutgers and Indiana. So a couple of games there against quad one competition before they get into the Big Ten tournament. Let me go back out and look at some of these other teams. So Duke, Duke has the head-to-head on Kentucky. I know Duke has four losses on the season. That is one of those teams that I still think has a chance to get a one seed. The one thing that hurts Duke, though, so they're number 12 in the net right now. The ACC is not very good. So Duke's last quad one game was the win at North Carolina on February 5th. And I talked about North Carolina earlier. That's going to stay a quad one win for them because North Carolina is not going to drop to 76, 77th in the net. They're not going to drop 30 spots in the next two to three weeks. But that was their last quad one opportunity of the regular season. So that that's not that's not a really what you want to see if you're fighting for a one seed down the stretch. Duke is five and one versus quad one, four and two versus quad two, five and one versus quad three, and eight and zero oh versus quad four. That quad three loss to Virginia at at Cameron Indoor that that's not going to climb to a quad two loss. That that's going to go down as a bad loss, and I think that's what will keep Duke off the one line. So when you're talking about teams, Kentucky's fighting for and it comes to NCAA tournament projections, sure, Duke has the head-to-head. Duke also has a bad loss that I think kind of cancels out one of those good wins that they have this season. The ACC not being very good, it hurts Duke's chances, in my opinion, and and Duke has shown to play a lot of close games. I think Duke's got another loss or two in them before the NCAA tournament. Uh, So I'm going to say Duke probably doesn't approach a one seed. Uh, Texas Tech just moved to Joe Lenardi's two-line, number 11, in the net, number 11 in Ken Palm. Uh, average net loss, 30th. They have no bad losses. They're 6-6 six and six versus quad one, 5-0 and oh quad two, no quad three games at all, and then 9-0 and oh against quad four. Uh, so, And then the rest of the way here, they've got three quad one games remaining at Texas on Saturday, at TCU, and then at Oklahoma State. And then they have two quad two games remaining. So uh, three quad ones, two quad twos before the Big 12 tournament. So could you see Texas Tech maybe make a run at it? I don't know. I, I think Kansas is going to win the Big 12. Uh, they've already lost that head-to-head. So maybe does Texas Tech go on a run here? They got that win against Baylor. Can they get another big win against Texas on Saturday? I, I like them down the stretch here with Oklahoma at home, at TCU, K-State at home at Oklahoma State, that this could be a Texas Tech team that you look up and goes on a run here and wins seven or eight, seven or eight in a row going into the Big 12 tournament. If that's the case, then I think they kind of are playing their way into uh, some one-seed talk as well. But I uh, just want to get on here and kind of break those things down and, and some resumes and go over them. I know Baylor's another team there in the Big 12. It's, it's all going to shake out who wins the regular season conference titles in these in these Power 5 conferences and then who helps themselves in the conference tournaments, in the Big 12, the Pac-12, the, the ACC, the SEC. Uh, we're approaching those conference tournaments. It's going to be a lot of fun to follow. Uh, I'll do this after every Kentucky game because you're going to have games played tonight. You're going to obviously have the games played on Saturday and Sunday. So I'll probably wait till let's say, Monday morning. 
I'll get on and do a resume episode and talk about where Kentucky stands in the net or some of these other teams. You're going to see Lenardi's bracketology obviously change day by day. Uh, tonight it will probably change within three or four hours. If some of these teams lose that are playing, uh, it will obviously shake up and, and see what happens there. You'll have the bracket reveal on Saturday afternoon before Kentucky-Alabama when it comes to the tops – not the bracket reveal, sorry – the top 16 teams, they'll, they'll reveal them and where they are when it comes to, to pecking order, who's the number one, who's the number two, three, and four. And uh, we'll obviously talk about all that, where Kentucky will be. Kentucky will definitely be in that uh, top 16. Will they be a one? Will they be a two? Not sure. Uh, how, do, how does the committee view it right now? Do they think that Kansas is a clear-cut number one over Kentucky? Or do they give Kentucky the edge with that win versus Kansas and then no bad losses? So the thing that was kind of the common denominator going throughout these resumes is a lot of these teams fighting for ones and twos, they don't have bad losses. That loss that Duke has against quad three, none of the rest of them have that. Duke has it. That's where I think Duke is probably – they need to win out or win a lot – probably only lose one more the rest of the way to stay at two. If not, I think Duke's going to settle somewhere around a three seed – in the NCAA tournament. What happens with Tennessee in the league? Do they continue uh, climbing and doing some things? My power just surged here at the house. If you heard that beep, I'm, I apologize. But Derek will get on here with me. We'll break down what happens between Kentucky and Alabama. I'm going to get a mailbag episode out there to you. Uh, be looking for that tweet to go up. I would love to get a mailbag episode on Friday uh, leading into the Alabama game at Rupp Arena. So uh, be looking for me to tweet something out. I know a couple of you have already sent DMs. I have received those. If I don't get to that mailbag, I will be sure to reply to your DMs. I'll reply to some tweets on Twitter on the on the tweet that I put up. Uh, my plan is to get to a mailbag, even if it's just 12 to 15 minutes long, just to get some information out there to you and maybe answer some of your questions leading up to Kentucky's game versus Alabama. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. you got three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.